Welcome to BIB Today. I'm Tyler Orton. And on this show, we're going to take a look at how the pandemic is accelerate a lot of those trends that we've seen in the economy. This time, we're focusing on the confluence between technology and retail. Joining us today is somebody who can speak to those changes as they're unfolding in real time. With us is Ken Conkle. He is Vice President of Product and Technology at Vancouver-based IQ Metrics. Ken, thanks for joining us on the show. Glad to be here, Tyler. So your company, it's known for developing technology that telecom retailers need to use to make it easier for them to operate. But maybe if we go back, I don't know, like a a year, uh, we're we're thinking about like these widespread lockdowns, it's upending the retail landscape. Were there concerns that maybe the retail experience was going to be changed forever at that point? Uh, Not necessarily right at the beginning. Um, I think we knew for a short time that definitely there's going to be impact to, to the retailers. Uh, consumer behavior obviously was changed pretty drastically. You know, just once some of the ordinances that were handed down in terms of what you could and couldn't do at a retail store. And so stores were also trying to think on the fly uh, and come up with solutions to still service their customers. Um, I'm not sure though if right away we necessarily thought, oh, this is going to change consumer behaviors permanently. Uh, although it's seeing some of the success with some of the things that have happened and some of the consumer reports, uh, it seems like some of the behaviors likely are here to stay. Well, it's interesting to just think about that. Like even if it's uh, e-commerce or things like curbside pickup, you know, that has stuck around. But what were some of the uh, the notable changes that you guys noticed and that you guys needed to respond to as you're hearing back from uh, clients? So a couple of things, uh, the need to manage the in-store traffic, uh, foot traffic became a, a big need. Um, depending on depending on your the region and where you're located, there's different regulations on how many people could be in the store and making sure you could keep people separated, how many people you could serve at one time. Uh, and so having a technology solution to be able to, to handle that, so it's not just somebody standing at the door, opening and closing it and peeking out at the uh, sidewalk to see how many people are lined up. Um, and then also just trying to create a touchless experience. And uh, so we saw lots of different, uh, we saw lots of different things that retailers were trying to do, uh, including just holding up a payment terminal to the window and customers like flashing their credit card. So, I mean, retailers were creative uh, and looking for ways that they could still service their customers uh, with the solutions that they had, but nothing had quite prepared them, I think, for some of these changes. I think we've been having these discussions for a long time about how maybe e-commerce is, you know, taking bigger bites out of the brick and mortar experience. But do you think after this pandemic, people are kind of realizing they like that brick and mortar experience? They like being able to into the store, interact with people, real human beings there, look at the products in Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people that maybe hadn't shopped heavily online that were almost forced to uh, through this time. And so there's definitely an uptick in in e-commerce transactions. We also saw just an uptick in things like uh, buy online, pick up in store. So you might start the transaction online, but you're doing the curbside pickup at the store. Um, Through the holidays, certainly we saw very, very strong numbers still in terms of foot traffic. Uh, in retail locations. Some of that obviously is limited just because of the number of customers they could have in the store at one time. Um, but I do, I do think that there is this, there is a certain kind of joy in certain shopping experiences and certainly some of the complex shopping experiences that are a little bit easier to do when you're in person. Uh, and then there's certain things 
that uh, Amazon has just made like a convenience of where the e-commerce transaction, it's, it's uh, just part of your life. Now you, you click a button and the next day it shows up at your door. And so there's certain things, commodities, I think that are just uh, e-commerce is going to take a hold there, I think. Um, but there's also certain technologies and some bigger ticket items where, uh, you know, customers still want to be in the store. There's uh, a personalized sort of touch to the experience. And certainly in telecom, uh, a lot of times you want to touch, see, handle, compare in person, um, especially when you're spending $1,000 on a device. Um, and certainly there's other industries too, where you think of uh, high ticket items that are highly tactile and also personal to our experience, which I think nowadays a phone is pretty personal and it's almost like a, a fashion accessory. It's part of us and uh, we carry it everywhere we go. So it's a, it's a very important purchase. And I think there's still reluctance to have make that kind of purchase online for a lot of consumers. Well, you know, I mentioned at the top that you guys are involved with kind of, you know, technology and retail, but specifically for people making like cell phone purchases, going into those stores, what, what are kinds, the kinds of things, the kind of services that you guys typically offer these specific kinds of retailers? Uh, it, it's a wide range. I mean, we're a full retail management solution for these retailers. So from uh, front of house CRM and point of sale to back of house inventory management and some of the logistics there. Um, operations and reporting, obviously. So it's it's a it's a pretty large suite of products. Um, and then the last year, obviously, just having to think on our toes a little bit and bring some even more solutions to be able to handle things like curbside pickup, uh, you know, some digital queuing options and store traffic management solutions, and uh, and then payment solutions as well. And uh, so being able to offer a fully touchless payment solution where customer doesn't have to interact with a device uh, at all uh, as well. So it's a full gamut of solutions aimed at the retailer. I have to be honest, I've used cash maybe twice in the last year, uh, just as a result of the pandemic. It's just been, you know, uh, you know, tap my card or what have you, use my phone to make those purchases, say on like Apple Pay. Um, is this a trend that you see sticking around long after this pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I think in Canada, we're fairly uh, technically affluent when it comes to payment solutions. Certainly, I think we're a little bit farther ahead than some of the solutions uh, down in the United States, uh, where they have tended to be a little bit more cash heavy, uh, even using checks, things like that still, which is maybe a little bit surprising for, for Canadians who are very used to you know, more technically advanced payment solutions. Um, I think in terms of consumer behavior, it's it's just, a, it's about uh, the convenience. Uh, and I think there's the, and I also should say the security. So there's added benefits to using something like Apple Pay uh, on your device where you're not using your physical card, your personal credit card number is never being handed over and that's all abstracted away. And so you have the added security benefits uh, plus the convenience of not having to, like if you forgot your, wallet you probably never forgot your phone uh at home and uh so it's a matter i think of of convenience but also security that's driving it um there are certain things though that still um you know transaction limits and things like that for large large purchases you can't you're not gonna be able to do a tap and pay you need to do chip and pin so there's some barriers there still to for technology to sort of completely take over those transactions uh but certainly for your day-to-day uh, kind of convenience transactions, uh, I think is definitely here to stay. 
I remember a trip down to Seattle, I don't know, maybe 2016 or so. And, uh, the, uh, and in the room that we were staying in, like on the television, there I had the news going and there's a news report on these newfangled things called chip cards. And all the Americans were just like fascinated by what could a chip card possibly mean? Whereas like I've been using one for five years at that point. So it's just like, uh, why is it that Canada, despite us being a smaller country, despite us being, you know, sometimes other trends that we're further behind, why is it that we've been so quick to adopt a lot of these kind of technology plus financial products? Uh, you know, I think it definitely helps um, having sort of the large central banks. We don't have a ton of the smaller regional players, uh, which you see down in the down in the states. Uh, so I, I think you find that our technology trends are much closer, certainly when it comes to payments, to the European sphere. Uh, although they're probably a step ahead in terms of uh, payments through platforms like Facebook and WhatsApp and Venmo and things like that. Uh, that's starting to sort of take root here, but it's not nearly as uh, ne- not nearly as as popular or commonplace as like just interact transfers and things like that still. So we're kind of in between, uh, I'd say, our neighbors to the south and uh, our neighbors um, in in Europe. So I don't know, I, I'm putting you a little bit on the spot, but if there's anything that pops to mind, I'm curious about what your thoughts about, you know, trends that a lot of just average consumers aren't even thinking about that you think might be coming up in the near future that we should be paying attention to? Oh, that's, that's a good one. You know, I think there's a number of things. Um, so, and I'll speak selfishly, I think as things that maybe I would like to see as a sure. <laughs> consumer, I'm also a bit of a tech geek. So uh, certain things that um, I would appreciate. And we've seen some of these things too, I think, but certainly uh this notion of of like next day or even same day delivery, Canada it's a little bit harder because we're pretty distributed. But you're starting to see, uh, you know, companies are looking at using their stores as distribution centers. So you think of Walmart. Uh, there's they've basically got a distribution center in every city, and uh, so for them to handle sort of that, they just need to figure out that last mile of logistics to be able to do same day delivery. Um, so it's not next day. It's not overnighting. Um, you know, you could get it same day. And uh, so I think you're going to start to see some of those trends uh, as customer or sorry, as retailers figure out those logistics, you know, just shortening that time. Um, I also think you might start to see some, some services that might be almost like traveling salesmen. Well, where they're going to come to your home, say, and, and they'll, they'll, you know, if say you want to buy a phone, maybe they bring four, five, six phones to you that you're interested in and you have like home appointment or, I mean, if we never go to a coffee shop again, appointment in a coffee shop or something like that. Um, so again, it's it's not necessarily like uh, um, uh, like the store, that retail footprint is going away. You might just see it change in terms of what it's used for. Um, certainly people, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you buy something online and you have to return it. Returning online can be just a huge pain. And so I think those retail footprints being return centers, uh, you know, certainly service centers, uh, and then, you know, customer service centers. Often when something goes wrong, you just want to talk to somebody. Uh, and so when you've got a retail footprint, you can use it for those types of activities, uh, not just the storefront for, for selling. You can push some of that to online and e-commerce and, and ship to home. Uh, the other thing that I think you might start to see, certainly in, in bigger um in some bigger stores where it might make sense is um, so personal checkout. So right now you can do sort of self-checkout 
where you, you fill up your cart and then you go stand in line, then you empty your cart and scan it all, then you put it all back in your cart and, and walk out of the store. Uh, but in terms of being able to do personal checkout, so while I'm walking around the store scanning the cart, uh, a little bit like the Amazon Go experience where as I am putting things in my cart, it's calculating the total. Um, but people are very familiar with building carts uh, on their phone and their personal devices. So I think this is something you're going to see companies start exploring with. Um, walking in, you think about high traffic, how busy checkout is and how often people are just coming out with three, four, five items. Uh, and for them to be able to scan as they're going through the store and check out right on their phone, they've got the receipt, they've done payment on their phone um, and they get the product. They have the shopping experience still and there's customer service if they need it. Uh, otherwise, they can just walk out of the store. So I think that's something you're also going to start to see some of the retailers play, play around with. Um, certainly bigger retailers, if you're like a small boutique shop, that doesn't necessarily make sense because people are probably there for that personalized experience. Um, but I do think that uh, some of those retailers, so you're local, you're a boutique, uh, I think really focusing on that personal experience and why people would come to your store. It's not just a commodity. It's not just a quick service, but there's a personalized touch. And I think you're starting to see retailers also differentiate, although they've started this already, but even more in terms of that personalized experience uh, for shoppers. Well, maybe I'll, I'll leave you off with this one. I would have thought, you know, a couple of years ago that drones would have been here uh, helping out with that last mile by now. Um, do you think that is kind of a, still like a legit possibility that we could be getting those in the coming years? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's not a technology problem at this point. I think it's a regulatory problem. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only reason I would leave that off my list. I would, if, if that's what it takes to solve that last logistical mile, um, I'd be all for it, but you can think of all the logistics and, and regulations that go wrong, along with drones flying around with packages in our airspace. Um, and uh, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure how feasible that is in, in the near term. Uh, but certainly I think whether the technology is there uh, now being in Canada, you also have to deal with weather and uh, things like that, where all of a sudden technology that maybe works great down in Arizona doesn't work so good in, you know, Vancouver in a, rainstorm or if you're in Saskatchewan in a snowstorm and uh, so there's different things to think about there perhaps but certainly from a technology perspective I think it's there it's just we can figure out some of the regulatory pieces. Well I can't wait until that happens but uh, until then uh, Ken I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Awesome well thanks a lot Tyler it's my pleasure to be here. That's Ken Conkle. He is Vice President of Product and Technology at Vancouver-based IQ Metrics. And that is it for the show today, but we'll be back tomorrow. Go to BIV.com for more interviews and more stories there. For now, I'm Tyler Orton, and thank you for listening. <laughs>